This is the Small Business Big Marketing Show with Tim Reid and Luke Moulton. This show is lovingly put together for small business owners by small business owners to get practical ideas about attracting more customers more often. So, if you're serious about building your business, strap in for the ride. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Luke. Lukey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Small Business Big Marketing. Episode number 70, Timbo, how are you? Lukey, don't you worry about me whatsoever. <laughs> More interested in you and our, our listeners are incredibly interested about you, your wife and... Little baby Oscar. Oscar. Had a lovely, beautiful little boy. He's uh, about a week old as of yesterday. Was that, was that him just crying there in the background? <laughs> or is he... No, he's been a really good boy. He punches the Zeds um, beautifully, does I'm, he? I'm still fairly tired, but uh, he, he's been a very, very good boy. He, he's, uh, he's, his bigger sister's a little bit put out, but apart from right, that, right. it's all good. Timbo, I'd like to thank the people from flyingsolo.com.au, Australia's yes. solo and micro-business yeah, community. Absolutely. Uh, and Welcome aboard to all of those, but I really am interested in Oscar. Yes. Has he got a LinkedIn profile or was he on Twitter? What's, yeah, you, I, what's, I, his, I, what's his social media of choice? <laughs> I do. I, I, one of my mates uh, said to me on Twitter, you know, I, I do actually need to go and buy domains for my children. You should. Yes, you should. I should. should be the in fact, do that before this show goes to air so some <laughs> deviant doesn't go and uh, register yeah. what could be, you know, he could be the next Steve Jobs. You don't know. Yeah. Well, right? his, his initials are OJ, OJ Moulton. Love it. Love it. What about that, mate? So, well done. Thank Another you. addition to yeah. the small business, I big marketing family. Didn't really do much myself. Kim, oh. Kim did all the hard work. Yeah, no, but you're good. You're good. Yeah. You were very emotional when I called you the other day. <laughs> hey, mate, um, big show uh, lined up today. We have got, um, gee, the Hey Prof, our new, what would you call it? A segment. Segment. Yes. Ooh, raving reviews. It's going off. Thanks to the prof. Thanks to the prof, and adding, thanks to everyone some, who adding some yin to our yang timber. Yeah, don't don't start on that one. I didn't. It doesn't make sense. I'll take back, back whatever I said. But uh, nice little sec- segment and uh, some nice tweets and Facebooks and emails coming from listeners who thought uh, it was about time we were a little bit more intellectual. A bit more high, uh, highbrow. So, correct. So we've got another highbrow to our lowbrow. Correct. Correct. <laughs> so we've got um, another ep- um, of Hey Prof, uh, where Professor Mike Ewing from Monash University. Um, pulls apart and answers um, a marketing conundrum. Um, We've got a guest today, which um, is Brent from, what is it called? Um, Terrain Tamer. Terrain Tamer, four-wheel drives. And he's um, done a very good job at building some emotion around his brand. With video. With video. So So before we get... Stay tuned for that one. It's a really good one. um, I've certainly watched some of the videos, Timbo, and I think they've done a really good job. So it's worth... Having a listen to Brent. Absolutely. Now, Lugie, couple a couple of things. Um, listen, a question uh, about making the transition from being um, what did they call them? Uh, there's lots of names, but a corporate escapee. Well, this guy wants to be a corporate escapee. Yeah. He's in a corporate job and wants to know um, how I went about starting my small business mm-hmm. because I was also um, I had the um, the golden handcuffs on yeah. in the corporate world. And Lukey, you've I, just gone back and put, you've <laughs> just gone back and put them on. I, I have done it twice though. I've made yep. a trans- transition twice. Admittedly, the first time I did it, I was a poor student, so yep. it wasn't that. No, no, that's right. Uh, but the second time around, I did make the transition as well. Okay. Um, well, maybe so you'll yeah. have something to add. Yep. So why don't we get stuck oh, into that first? Because after that, um, we've got an email that uh, we're going to have a bit of a giggle about that I received, which um, I found quite extraordinary. Uh, an was extraordinary it, poor bit of marketing. Was it personally addressed or was it spam? Uh, it started with hi all. 
Right. It wasn't. It wasn't spam. This is the first mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. First mistake. Um, but this is extraordinary. Did it have everyone in the CC field was there like fifty. There's uh, an excellent question. Uh, it uh, yeah it doesn't say on this printout, but it was either in the CC or BCC. Best to do a BCC. We'll come to that. Let's yeah. get let's get stuck into this. This how do you get out of the corporate life and start a small business question? So he says, hi Tim. Um, hoping you can provide me with a little advice. I'm trying to transition from working for a company to working for myself. I'm familiar with you through your podcast, and I noticed that you made the transition from working from a company, in brackets, which it appears you didn't like. Gee, have I been uh, bad-mouthing my uh, previous employer, have I, Lurkey? Many years ago, that was, and I had good reason, uh, to working for yourself. Can you offer any advice on how you made it happen? Uh, were you let go and forced to make it happen, or did you do it on your own terms? Um, so, good question. Good question. Good, and, and I reckon there's a lot of people out there who probably see the grass is greener. Small business, get in a small business, life will be good. Yeah. And, and it may well be. Yeah, you work your ring off, but you're doing something you love. Yeah? True. So, where do we start with that, Lukey? Um, I'll start, and you can uh, okay. yeah. give us your two bobs worth. I, I did it on my own. I, it was, by the way, this is from Joe... Cot, oh, I was, I'm hopeless with names. Cotalese, I'll nice. say. Joe Cotalese. So thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Um, did it on my own. Um, you know, I, I finally realised I was just unhappy in what I was doing. Yeah, but how did how did you how did you cash flow the transition? Yeah, well, okay. What I did specifically, and doesn't may not suit everyone. Realised I was desperately on unhappy uh, doing what I was doing. I was working for um, an employer that just didn't recognise that I had a family. Yeah. Uh, and had commitments outside of work, and I was, you know, they wanted me to be everywhere but home. Yeah. Um, so that was the reason I, um, I decided to leave. Um, and I also felt I, I needed personally my my p- type of person needs a little bit more freedom than being kind of stuck between you know eight and six mm. of it each day. Mm. I know you don't want to hear that, Luke. Um, <laughs> so what I did was I went and found um, some uh, a contract, a six month contract. With yep. a big company, yep. which I knew had an end, an end date, and I liked the end date, and that cash flowed me um, to the point where I could kind of do the contract, but also work, have kind of this idea sort of floating away that hey, at the end of this contract, I will have a small business. Mm. Uh, and what I didn't know was the contract work that I did for this company. At the end, they came up, tapped me on the shoulder. The contract went actually longer than it was meant to to start with. They tapped me on the shoulder at the end and said, hey, Tim, contract's up. Go and start your business. We'll be your first client. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love that. Fantastic. And it was, it was great. I mean, yeah. you know, it was, it, how could I not do that? It was, it was just made in heaven. So, yeah. um, I, I think it was, a, it was certainly a similar story for me both times around. So first time when I started a web development business with uh, two other partners, uh, we had two Essentially, two key clients yep. uh, that we knew had um, a lifespan of around about three to six months on them, yep. and were basically for cash flowing the startup of our business. So I guess it's it's really not that cash cow is uh, a, a nice term for <laughs> those clients, Timbo, but they are those those one or two um, big clients or, or big jobs that can I guess get you on your feet to start yep. with, and, and then you can chase some other business. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, sometimes those people they knew I mean, when I got the tap on the shoulder and said, We'll be your first client, I mean that was A, they required my services, but at the same time they were, they were doing me a favour. They were being very kind and, yeah. and I'm forever grateful to those people. Yeah. Um there's a couple of alternatives to doing that, Joe. You could work. Um, you could work on two things at the one one time. So you know, work on another job. So work your proverbial ring off, Luke. Yeah. Uh, so while you're in full time employment for someone else, every moment you can try and do something for your own business idea, and particularly out of hours. So you're going to be working long and hard. Yeah. And then your aim is to replace your current income with your employer by doing what you're doing, whatever your small business idea is, and. Mm-hmm. Um, we know a few people have done that. Um, and my last bit of advice, Lee, Timber, don't wait for everything to be perfect. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you and I are both yeah. guilty of it. Yeah, well, I mean, you're a bit of the philosophy that the universe will provide. Timber. I know you're but much more considered. I, I am more considered and probably more conservative, and a little bit more risk averse than you are. I think. Yeah. Um, and you know, you got to you got to take it on situation by situation and I know you know I've got a, I've got a young family I've got uh, yeah, so did I so I've, did got, I. I've got three mouths to feed um, four don't you eat oh yeah mate it looks, it looks like you do <laughs> <laughs> so I mean you do, you do have to consider your situation and, and I think you know, having having those one or two core clients that you um, that you already get along with and know, oh, yeah. know and trust and are willing yeah. to back you and and essentially kind of cash flow your startup. Yeah, yeah. Um, is is probably a good way to go. Yeah. I, I think at one stage I also had three. It was um, making a transition. I had I had three things, and I knew that if um, one of them fell over, I was okay. Um, and so I think have. Have a couple of eyes in the fire. Yep. No. Fair enough. And but the universe will deliver at some point. Uh, even you just got to determine <laughs> to what degree you're willing to believe that. <laughs> yeah. And wait. <laughs> hey now, Lukey. Hey, thanks, Joe, for that uh, question. Love your work, and thank you for listening, Lukey. Timbo. Is that the university bell that I hear? I think it might be. Hey, bro. Is mass media dying a slow death? Well, firstly, define slow and define death. And I'm not just being pedantic and semantic there. I think that is an important distinction to make or important clarification. So perhaps we should rephrase the question along the lines of should small business still seriously consider mass media in the marketing mix? And my answer to this would be an almost unqualified yes. I absolutely do believe that mass media still has a role to play in the right circumstances and the right situation. I say this primarily for four reasons, although we could probably go on and add many, many more reasons. The first reason is that panel data from the US shows that media consumption of all media is increasing, including mass media. So what hasn't happened, people are not watching less TV to spend more time on the internet. They're actually spending a lot of time on the internet and they're watching a lot of TV. In fact, the average American is consuming 12 hours of media per day. Now, straight away, you'll say, well, how's that possible? And of course, the only way it's possible is through a phenomenon called simultaneous media consumption. In other words, people are consuming more than one medium at the same time. They're watching TV while they are surfing the internet on their iPads. They are reading a newspaper while they listen to the radio. They're on the internet listening to the digital radio, etc. 
The second reason why I don't think mass media is dying is that it is a social activity and human beings are social animals. We like to watch TV with friends and family. You don't invite a bunch of mates around to watch uh, YouTube on your iPad. The third reason why I don't think mass media is dying is that it still works. Plain and simple. I can cite truckloads of evidence, many, many studies that show, even in Australia in 2012, that companies that employ mass media still get the results. You know, it, it, it still works. It, it hasn't stopped working. Granted, it, it's more difficult to do well. So the bar's been raised and there are more and more people that are not having success or having less success than perhaps they wanted. But by the same token, there are many people that are having success. You know, it still, it still works. So for those reasons, I think it's premature to, to dance on the grave of, of mass media. It still potentially can have a role to play. Um, it's important to be strategic, though, and to look at ways to integrate mass media into an, an, an integrated marketing communications campaign. So what I mean by that is that it's perhaps better not to put all your eggs in one basket. Don't blow your entire budget on radio or don't blow your entire budget on TV. Spread your budget across a range of different media. Use radio to generate awareness. Use newspapers to point people to your website and increase website traffic. Um, run a, a print campaign backed up with a radio campaign, backed up with an email campaign. That's what we mean by integrated marketing communications. So in summary, I don't think mass media is dying a slow death. Under the right circumstances, with clever media planning and good marketing strategy, it still has a role to play for small businesses. Righto, Lukey, we heard it first. It is not yet time to dance on the grave. Of mass media. Indeed. So, thanks, thanks, Prof. So put that tutu away. <laughs> <laughs> now, Lugie, uh, yeah, and thank you, Prof, for that. Uh, very insightful, as usual. Indeed. Uh, guys, if you're enjoying it, um, go over to uh, The Real SBBM on Twitter. The Real SBBM on Twitter or uh, facebook.com forward slash small business big marketing. There's a little button there, Lukey, that says ask a question. And they can do that and they can leave a comment. doesn't have to be a question. Um, so, Lucas, this email, before we get stuck into our guest for today, Brent, uh, well, let's have a look at this email that I received. It gave me a real chuckle. So, they, they, they clearly, um, I won't say who it is, clearly, uh, they clearly got my email from somewhere. Um, you know, probably, I might have even met them. I don't know. But anyway, it says, hi all. I, I, what, was the, um, what was the title? There wasn't a title. Hi all. I hope this finds you all well and enjoying this lovely weather. Oh, stop. Wake up. <laughs> I'm going to be a beggar now. Ooh. Not a good start. No. Don't tell me you're going to beg for something. No. We have a new Facebook page, and I am out there fishing for likes. Ooh. Ooh. Credibility is just that, that next email they send is going to have no impact. Yeah. This has probably had little. Yesterday, I put pickies up of the new signage. Please, can you post a nice comment for me and like our page? Thanks so much. Mm. Mm. Keeps going. All right. Our first goal is to get 100 likes. Ooh, big goal. 
I would have thought the goal should be to get $100. <laughs> hey? Maybe your like's worth more than that. I don't know. Then we can celebrate. So please tell, tell all you know to like our page. In brackets, he, he, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like that one. Cringe. I know, Cringe. I know. This is from a pretty, you know, it's a, it's a proper company, Luke. Yeah. It would be good if the current nature of comments could relate to our new expansion. Mm. I don't know about their new expansion, so I don't know whether I can comment on it. I really want to know who it is. <laughs> don't tell me. Thanks so much. The link to our Facebook page is below in my signature. We might devote another show to the signature, Lukey, because yeah. we'll run out of time. Anyway. It's a long one. Mm. Once again, many thanks. This all helps to spread the word about what we do. <laughs> kind regards. <laughs> yeah, battling. <laughs> battling? That is kind. Yeah, so. That is kind. I know it can the, be harsh sometimes, Lukey, but. The, 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 big, the big question, particularly if you don't know this person that well and, and it doesn't sound like you do, because uh, if you no. did, you probably wouldn't read it, read it out well, on air. I, I, you, I, you, I, you'd, you'd approach them quietly and say, look, mate. Uh, it, it's a lady. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> look, part of me, part of me. Um, I'm thinking maybe I do know them. And, and look, if you're a listener to the show, we would be more than happy to give you some tips on how we build followers to our Facebook page yeah. and get likes. Yeah. There's a couple of little things that we do there, Luke. Look, it's, it's with, with all your marketing, Timbo, you've got to answer the question, what's in it for them? And in that email, there is nothing in nothing. it for them at all. Nothing. Now, look, I can appreciate you want to get a few likes initially with a Facebook fan page because it gives you a vanity URL, Timbo. Oh. It allows you to change that uh, ugly-looking URL with a lot of numbers after That comes into at 25? Face, it, it used to. Oh, yeah. Facebook you know, And then it becomes you can have facebook.com forward slash small business big marketing. You can. For example. Well, they can't have that, but that's that. But, you know, that, that's taken. only, a, I, th- I think it's probably still around 25. And if I was doing that to get a vanity URL, I would ask probably close close mates who I <laughs> yeah. have done favours for before and say, look, you know, um, I'm after a few likes to get a vanity URL. Um, and there's this thing, Timbo, reciprocity. Ah, know, yes. If you've done something for someone else before, they're willing to do it back. So, you know, I'd be picking a small select group of people mm-hmm. who I have done favours for before and, you know, regularly help each other out and sending them a personalised email yeah. saying, hey... Look, you make a good point. The reciprocity thing's a good thing. Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, yeah. uh, talks about the emotional bank account mm-hmm. and make lots of deposits in there before you start taking out. The taking out is asking for stuff. Mm. Um, and, look, I just I think that the writer, the author of that email has done herself no favours because the next email... Where you know she, it's just gonna, it's not gonna have an open rate. The open rate, if that got an open rate at all, the next one's gonna have a negative open rate. I don't know if that's possible, but um, um, yeah, she's making it really hard for herself. So um, anyway, mate, um, as I said, you know, um, if I do know you, um, we'll provide some tips maybe in an upcoming show about how we drive likes uh, to our page uh, mm-hmm. in a way that gives a lot of value. Um, Go to our page, facebook.com forward slash smallbusinessbigmarketing, and if you're new to it, you will be presented with a little video, which if you then um, like, <laughs> you'll have the solution provided to you of, mm-hmm. a, uh, of a very poignant marketing question. So, Lukey, Brent, 
Hutchinson. Not dissimilar to a previous guest's name. <laughs> yeah, you, you struggled to pronounce it. I do, I do. Hodgson. Yes, correct. Terrain Tamer, four-wheel drive. Yeah. Doing some wonderful things with Video Timbo, and we're just about to uh, speak to Brent. Yeah, well, video and building emotion through video. Like, um, when you see or when you hear what they've done using video and developing a bit of a uh, celebrity figure within their business, um, it's interesting stuff. You become quite endeared. Correct, correct. So uh, we started off by asking Brent to tell us a little bit about his company called Terrain Tamer Four-Wheel Drive. Um, Terrain Tamer is a four-wheel drive, (laughs) is a range of four-wheel drive parts and and accessories also. So all the nuts and bolts that are underneath your vehicle, your Land Cruiser and Hilux and Nissan Patrol, um, we supply to uh, the Australian market and also overseas now. Um, so our biggest competitors are genuine, but we often take the, the genuine components, so genuine Corotor or genuine Nissan, and either make them as good as OE uh, original equipment quality or better and stronger. So then the mining industry or the recreational four driver is able to, to go longer um, to also hopefully save a few dollars, but make a, a stronger component for their vehicles to keep traveling. Right, okay, and uh, family business? Yeah, family business, it's 42 years old, so we're, we're an old uh, company, um, uh, I'm 32 myself, so reasonably uh, young into the company, but I'm, I guess I've worked there all my life, um, but it's definitely, our case is definitely one that, um, you know, in the olden days we used to, to truck uh, full, oh, sorry, uh, ship truck parts all around the country, white boxes, no emotion at all, there'd be paint falling from the ceilings, old uh, Locations. We've got uh, a few warehouses around the country, but all in old locations and, um, you know, very much pick up the phone, they'd get to know you, which always had that very uh, personal touch to it. Um, but I guess my side as marketing manager is trying to bring it up to, uh, you know, the year 2012 and then really engaging our customers from there. Like you said, uh, emotionally is obviously a big set for us. Brent, has it been a bit of a challenge changing the marketing mentality within the business? Uh, enormous, enormous. Um, uh, <laughs> not to say we have blues or know, anything like I know, that. <laughs> I know, I know, we do have other some other listeners um, that, that I've had a chat to once or twice that that are going into um, or uh, have become involved with businesses that have been around for a while, yep. and there's a little bit of an old school mentality. So, you know, how, how have you gone about convincing your old man to, to, um, to, to change the way things are done? Yeah, well, it's, um, he's never not been on board of it. He, he does understand the power of marketing. I share stories with him constantly. I guess when I first came back in the business, which was about seven years ago, I was way out of my depth. We had a couple of people who were probably far more experienced than I was, and I was put in above them um, or at least on the same level of them in our company. So I just read a lot. I actually found your your um, podcast. I've read magazines. I, I've gone back to uni to do an MBA now just to teach myself as much as possible so I can make the best possible decisions and then justify it to him and, and uh, other people in the company because we've got a lot of staff who have been with us for 25 years who would quite rightly say, uh, so, say why are we spending so much money on this packaging um, and for every step of the way whenever we had a win I would broadcast it I'd let everyone know well done we did this yeah this good is idea it's very very important so and, and gradually over time all those staff members have all got on board as well and uh, and try to get them involved as much as as possible as well whether it's asking questions on, on packaging or advertising 
Good work, mate. Any of those older staff members, the ones a bit longer in the tooth with the grey hair, did they ever call you a young whippersnapper? Yeah, most of them. A lot of the customers as well, even. Most I, you know, of them. <laughs> I would, um, I, you know, as a kid, I'd come in my pyjamas into work and then get shipped out through the delivery driver out to my grandmother's house on a Saturday morning. So um, it really You're still is coming a in the PJs? <laughs> we don't have video uh, on this, Scott, so uh, no, you can't see that. But I can assure you. Mate, yeah, mate, listen, what. W- what you have done is you have introduced um, a fantastic initiative called Ask Ellen, and that's um, what piqued Luke and my interest in getting you to come on the show. Um, Ask Ellen, maybe what, maybe uh, if you want to give us the background, Ask Ellen is video marketing, so it's not much good in an audio podcast, so you're going to have to uh, use theatre of the mind here, listeners, but um, tell us what problem you were experiencing and how Ask Ellen came about. Yes, well, we got the house in order first with everything with the company from logos to, as I said, painting the walls and signage and staff uniforms and made everyone proud, packaging was a big step. The next step was to go and reach out to our customers and, and Ask Ellen evolved gradually over time, although it's actually seen quite quickly, particularly in the last 12 months. Alan Gray is a 76-year-old mechanic. He worked on the very first land cruise that arrived in Australia. So he's got a great big beard that looks a bit like Abraham Lincoln. So he, he looks like he's 200 years old, although he, he assures me he's, uh, he thinks he's 18 at times, lifting gearboxes and transfer cases around the, uh, the workshop. But we... Um, we advertised with a, a magazine called Fall Drop Action, which is the biggest in Australia, and they put a DVD together. And I just continually pepper them with ideas that I have. And one of them was to run a, instead of doing a print ad like everyone else, or a double page print ad, which costs a lot of money, is to run a small segment of the DVD, only five minutes, and it would be called Ask Alan. And people could then write in, and we would fly Alan to wherever they are in the country, and he would fix their vehicle using train tamer parts. Now, the beauty of Brilliant. it is, is, yeah, Alan is the genuine article, so you can't fake something like this. Uh, he's quite comical just naturally, um, although that took some getting used to for him to come across on camera. Good like Luke. <laughs> yeah, and um, it has been it has been really taken off. It um, it goes out in all the full drive action magazines, which is fifty thousand. So it's a great start for us. Um, but we recently so had what, our. Uh, what, how's it go? Does it? Sorry, just Brent. Does it go out as a DVD? It goes out as a DVD, and the DVD goes for one hour, and they're touring Australia and doing all sorts of wonderful things, and we've got five set, five minutes of that DVD. I just I want to make be really clear there. So in, four, in this four-wheel drive magazine that goes out to 50,000 passionate readers, you're inserting a DVD uh, of five minutes of a one-hour Ask Ellen segment, correct? That's right. So five minutes. Um, the one-hour segment is the is the magazine's own DVD that they produce and put together. Uh, they actually um, gotcha. we produce and work with them to make our five-minute section. So they slot that into the DVD somewhere at some stage of the DVD. So you're essentially sponsoring a a five-minute segment, which is obviously Ask Alan, where all your all your spare parts are used um, in in these uh, uh, let's call them four-wheel drive saving segments. Yeah, that's right. The secret has really been is it's not an ad, um, and people come to us and tell us they buy the DVD and the magazine just for the Ask Alan segment. So it's very carefully wow. crafted not to be an ad. Um, Alan teaches I the people. magazine started to give you a bit of a discount, Brent. <laughs> we, I negotiate pretty hard with them. And, look, they, um, they come to the party in, in supplying a lot of the things that I want, which would be above and beyond any normal advertiser. Um, but 
uh, Alan teaches people how to work, uh, how to rebuild their four-wheel drive, a lot of the old school things that you just, as a kid, I would sit there in amazement. And, and I really went to him at the start of it and I said, Alan, eventually, you know, no matter when this happens, if you die, all this knowledge is going to die with you. We need to share this, you know. And, and by doing that, he's become an advocate for the four-wheel drive industry. People trust him, which was the biggest thing for, for our industry with uh, parts for your four-wheel drive. And hence, uh, the terrain tamer brand has been tagged along all the way, and and sales and the like have improved from that point. So, from from a logistical point of view, so it's the the magazine that's that's organising the people to to go and shoot the video with Alan to record the audio. Um, so, you've essentially done a partnership deal with them to to get these videos done. Yeah, we have. Yeah, so we pay for Alan's all expenses. We obviously pay um, uh, some to have that five-minute segment, and then they ship a, uh, a producer and a, and a photographer to the location. Um, and then we've got a, a deal with them. Once it's released in the magazine, 30 days later, we hit it on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. We send it out on email, and that's when it really goes viral. We actually, uh, last month, only just had our 100,000 YouTube viewer, which is really good for our industry. And the automotive industry, you'll find, is very, very slow to pick up on modern marketing trends so for us we tend to be leading the way in this regard mate you are big time leading the way you have um you have looked at the category and challenged it big time i'm sure there's no one else doing it i mean i, I imagine the four-wheel drive crowd lukey and i included are a um fairly passionate <laughs> about their vehicles because we tip so much money into them but um so, so there's a bit of passion there already but you know, you, now i just want to ask brent do you know what jeep stands for <laughs> Just, just empty every pocket. <laughs> the Jeep, uh, actually, truth be known, I think the Land Cruiser uh, called itself the Jeep when it first came in the market 50 years ago, and they had a big legal battle there in Japan, but uh, I'm sure oh, the Jeep is considered the godfather, yes. <laughs> so, so um, Brent, tell us then, okay, what kind of, um, as a result of doing all that, and it's a brilliant idea, uh, well done on conjuring it up, um, what, tell us about some of the results. You, you, you said you shared it, you just got your 100,000th view on face on YouTube, fantastic. What have you seen in hardcore returns to the business? Well, um, everyone, particularly in Australia, I guess, uh, the, the uh, GFC hit, us, hit everyone pretty hard in 2008. For us as a company, we've... Um, we're not young, so we're 42 years old, and every year we've grown a little bit, and in this last three to four years, uh, we've grown stronger than we ever have before. Um, since the Ask Ellen segment started, I think about 18 months ago to three years ago, we've grown even stronger again. So it's very, very hard to get your return on measurement and say, okay, because we did this Ask Ellen segment, these people brought these parts um, because there's so many moving parts to the economy and all uh, the mining sector and the, and the GFC and are people going to cleaner vehicles and things like that. But for us as a company, we measure it in um, in all the communication we have with our customers and then just the natural incidental things. Alan came back from WA, a Western Australian full drive show a few months ago and a woman with her husband very politely came up and actually asked him, who's a 76-year-old man, to sign her breast. And, um, oh, big L would have nearly, uh, that might have been the end of it. <laughs> he said, I, I don't know what you've done, but I like it and I want to keep going with these things. So, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> did he say funny I was 50 years younger? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was uh, it was very interesting. He gets recognised everywhere. Even uh, a man came to him uh, in the cafe just on the last week and said, can I get a photo of you? You look just like this guy off uh, a magazine that I read. So, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> hey, listen, did he? Um, you said he was a, a well-known person within the four-wheel drive industry. Was he working for you, or was he someone that you had to go out and contract to? Uh, he's been with us for a reasonable amount of time. Um, you know for 15 years, so it's a reasonable amount of time. He worked around the corner and was a workshop uh, for, you know, many, many years before that, um, yet alone working for Toyota themselves, you know, way back 50 years ago, or the Thies organisation that brought the first Land Cruiser in. So he's had some good experience, but he is uh, part of our company, has a lot to do with our research and development, has enormous amount of input in regards to building the parts, and that was really the key is, as I said before, he's the real deal, and he is uh, a big part of our company. So people feel that Terrain Tamer is Alan. If they trust him, they trust us, and and, uh, the whole connection grows from there. Hey, hey, Brent, he's not there right now by any chance, is he? Nah, he's not, actually. I can get him on, uh, on the well, line if you want chat. me to at some stage later, <laughs> later on. Yeah, he's... Uh, no, it's all right. We, we, we... We'll uh, we'll chase him down. I've got a feeling uh, Luke or I will be in there one day with one of our cars. <laughs> have you got a question, <laughs> Brent? Have you have you thought about taking this to the next to the next level? I mean, I know I know there's certainly some uh, there's one or two fishing shows on Australian TV uh, that essentially have their own um, weekly half hour forty minute shows, uh, and behind that is essentially uh, it's owned by a brand. Have you, have you considered? Stepping it up a notch? Yeah, look, we have. I mean, it's very important to get a return on your investment um, and it's about building equity. And, and we find that because we're really targeting, like you said, the full drive passionate people, they then to be they're great um, uh, opinion leaders in the market. You know, we just had Australia Day uh, yesterday and they're out there telling people, you know, I, I, stemmed across a, I stepped across a conversation only a few weeks ago, a group of Paul drivers, and I was just walking past the air drink. They're talking about, oh, there's a guy called Alan Gray and how wonderful he is and I've got to call those people. And, and so once we can get them, they then tend to um, explode it from the inside rather than trying to tell our story from every single angle. Um, and it can be very expensive to do what you say, but it is something I'm looking at. Um, but the biggest impact we've found is internationally. You know, we're exporting more than we ever have before, and people come up to us at full drive shows in, in the UK and say, oh, you're Alan's friend, before we've even really sold a part into the UK at all. <laughs> you're Alan's friend. Can you sign these, please? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brent, uh, mate, thanks for sharing what I think is um, just a, a wonderful marketing initiative Um by a four-wheel drive small business. Well done. Now, Timbo, if uh, people want to check out these fantastic videos, they can go to www.terrainetamer.com forward slash askellen. Yeah, and they should check it out. We'll put it in our show notes, Brent, and uh, we'll put a clip of um, of Alan in action. Um, in fact, we might even get you to email us um, what you think his best work is, and we'll include that one, hey? Yeah, not a problem. He, uh, he certainly is the real deal. And, and for us, I guess it, you mentioned emotional marketing. It just brought our brand to life. You know, it's not just a logo. It's just not just a word. It's a, a personality now. So any of your uh, listeners that are able to do that with their own brand, from our point of view, it's well worth the, the risk involved. Um, and it's hard to measure at times, but it's certainly rewarding and, and brings it to life. Love it, mate. Hey, Brent from Terrain Tamer Four-Wheel Drive, thanks a million for approaching us to come on the show and for coming on the show. No worries. Thanks very much, guys. Would be 
and you'll be in the running to have Alan come round to your shed. When we do the DVD segments with the successful uh, candidates to the Ask Alan competition, uh, I look forward to lots of things, not only where they are. I mean, I was interested in Ruthie's workshop, but your workshop, uh, your family, what you do with the foil drives, because uh, I learned so much. And uh, I'm interested to see if we can find your problem and rectify it. And uh, I guess we are a friend for life. And uh, we'd love to talk to you and to meet your... Lukey. That was a good interview. Yeah, good stuff from Brent. What are the chances of us getting to sign some bodily appendages at some point in time? Um, yeah, look, we've had a few people come up to us at, uh, <laughs> you wish. at various events, but none <laughs> have asked for that sort of signing, Timbo. We've made so, it win. So I know you will particularly be waiting for ba- with bated breath for that day. You know you've made it win. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So uh, I, I, think it's, I think it's absolutely brilliant what Brent's done. Um, I, do too. I, I think I think the gold is in that they have actually partnered with someone that that can do all the stuff that they don't know how to do, like the yep. the, the video, the audio, getting a producer, um, video guy, sound guy uh, on site, um, and, and, and directing it, the directing the whole thing. I think it's fantastic, and and then producing it onto DVD and getting it out to their target audience. So yeah, yeah. I think one of the key things about this is not not necessarily um, the fact that it's video and and Alan. I think that's brilliant, but it's, it's finding it's finding an avenue to take that idea and making it a reality without. Um, without it becoming an absolute nightmare for the mm. marketing manager, which mm. in this case would be Brent, um, and with, without it taking, you know, t- the next twelve months to pull off. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Um, so totally. It's, it's some some good stuff in there, just in regards to, to partnering with someone. Well, and, and making a magazine advertising spend work yeah. in multiples. That's what I like about it. The fact yeah. that um, you know, there's plenty of companies out there just throwing dough at magazine advertising. But not really figuring out how to work it harder. And all of a sudden, Brent's turned that relationship into here's some money, run an ad mm. to a real, really good two way street. And I imagine that magazine would be absolutely, um, would hate to lose that them as a client because they're actually probably driving readership yeah. and retaining it big time. As yeah. Brent said, people are actually buying the magazine just to get the DVD. And the great thing is that Brent can actually then go and leverage the content that the magazine has helped them create in the form of videos. Yep. And as he said, I think he said a month later or a couple of weeks later, yep. post them on their YouTube channel uh, and, and pump them out via social media and, and drop them on their website. So it's it's a, it's fantastic. I love it. Uh, three cheers for Brent. <laughs> um, now, Lukey, you reckon that was full of marketing gold? Yes. I love how our guests just share the gems. Yeah. Upcoming episodes before yep. we wrap it up. Um, Steve Cunningham from a wonderful business called Read It For Me has an idea that um, is going to help us all become a lot smarter and a lot more well-read, a lot more like the prof. Yeah, in uh, a tenth of the time. In a tenth of the time. (laughs) And then we've also got another fellow, Glenn Carlson, coming up in an upcoming episode. I went to an event of Glenn's recently and he managed to get within um, a few weeks from inception of idea to holding the event, 500 bums on seats. Mm. Very, very clever. And he shares with us with us how he did it. Yep. 
All right, mate. So that is another episode of Australia's favourite number one small business marketing podcast in the can. Make sure you send any questions, any marketing questions that you have to questions at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com uh, and make sure you go to our website, smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. And make sure you like us and, and, <laughs> no, 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 and, and no, retweet no, and, us. And, and, and please <laughs> leave a comment on uh, on this show. Uh, if you have any particular questions or comments about the show, go on the Drop us a line in the comments section. Because that way, in every way, in every day, or whatever they say, we get better and better. Yes. Lucas, well done on little Aussie Oscar. Thanks, mate. He's an incredibly attractive young man, <laughs> uh, like his mother, <laughs> and uh, look forward to seeing you next episode. See you, everyone. See ya. You've just come that little bit closer to getting your business booming thanks to the Small Business Big Marketing Show with Tim Reed and Luke Moulton. Please keep in mind that the information, opinions, and ideas expressed in this show are those of the hosts and interviewers and theirs alone and they don't necessarily reflect those of their past, current or future employers.